0: Amen. Wonderful. Well, it's my privilege today to speak on what has to be my favorite topic in the whole Bible, and that is Jesus. (laughs) And the whole whole Bible speaks of his name. And in one sense, every message is about Jesus. But this is specifically focusing on the uh, sermon that Peter preached in Acts 3 that we're going to look at in just a moment. And Tim, in a couple of weeks ago, he said that there is no greater thing than knowing Jesus, everything else is rubbish everything is garbage compared to knowing jesus and so our heart today is that we are just drawn closer to jesus and that's the words from from his words here would just speak of of jesus that our lives would be directed closer to him you remember i think going back to the end of october or beginning of november that we were in acts three so we've seen the story of pentecost and the holy spirit falling on the disciples uh peter preaches this great sermon in acts two And this sermon leads 3000 people to give their lives to Jesus. And we see what happens in the early church. And then there's this great healing at the beginning of Acts 3. And we're going to move on to Acts 4 and 5 over the next few weeks. But before we did that, I just wanted to go to this sermon in Acts 3 that Peter preaches off the back of seeing this amazing healing of this man at the beautiful gate where he couldn't walk and then suddenly could jump around praising God. And look at this sermon because it does speak of Jesus. And in the midst of all that's going on, all that's happening around the world, we need to have a greater view of Jesus. We need to have a view of Jesus that the apostles had here, that the early church had, that enables us in the midst of the circumstances we find us, ourselves in to learn how to worship, to learn how to live life that God always intended for us, even in the midst of coronavirus and, and all the stuff that we see around us, even in the midst of lockdown. That we might know Jesus better, and of course we want the rest of the world to know this hope that we have in Jesus. But we can't give to them what we haven't first received ourselves. So this is a message of of hope for us, so that it might we might be people who overflow with hope, as Paul writes in Romans fifteen. That we might overflow with hope, and the rest of the world might know who he is. So I'm going to read from Acts three, and we've just seen that's the this healing has happened and suddenly this crowd is amazed and then Peter has this opportunity to speak this message so I'm reading from verse 12 of Acts 3 and I'm going to read from the New King James Version today so when Peter saw it he responded to the people men of Israel why do you marvel at this or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom he delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. You are sons of the prophets and of the covenants which God made with our fathers, Saint Abraham. And in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up to his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your sins. This is a great sermon on jesus and i just want to pick up five things that we see in jesus here and see how that can apply to us right now and right at the beginning we see in verse 13 that jesus is the servant who suffered and died he suffered and died for our sins and he was the servant who fulfilled the prophecy that isaiah spoke in isaiah 52 and 53 that this servant would be humiliated He would be beaten and by his wounds we would be healed and that he would bear our iniquities, that he would suffer for us, that he would be the servant that God sent. The servant who would come to serve and not be served. The servant who would give his life as a ransom for many, as Jesus himself said. He is the fulfillment of that prophecy. And that means that he chose to put our needs first. He chose to put us first. He chose to put what God wanted first so that we can have life. And we see in verse 19 what the effect of all this was. The amazing truth that our sins would be blotted out. So as I said earlier in the lead up to communion, that our sins would be taken away. And what's amazing about this is The literal Greek here is a a parchment, a a piece of paper or the parchment that they had. And people would write on this parchment. But the pens back then and the ink didn't have the acid we have now. It it never made a dent on the actual parchment. So it was very easy for someone to come with a damp cloth and just wipe it away. This is the image that we're given that even though we are sinners, that on the cross, Jesus bore our sins and our sins have been wiped away. They exist no more. We might sometimes sin, but in Jesus, they exist no more. They are laid on him and Jesus paid the price for them so that we might go free. Wow. I think we need to marvel at this. Because sometimes we think about sin as a list of do's and don'ts. And so we have this hierarchy of do's and don'ts and that at the worst end of things like murder. And at the end, we might have some less bad sins. But actually, the Bible doesn't talk about sin in that in those terms. The Bible talks much more in terms of a failure to glorify God, a failure to put him first, a failure to take him at his word. That was the first sin that we see in the Garden of Eden, that Adam and Eve did not take God at his word. And they turned. And that's what we've all done. And so, of course, we can all say with Paul in Romans three that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Even those of us who think perhaps it's not so bad actually we are so far short because we don't glorify God in our natural selves as we should but Jesus has come to pay the price. He has chosen to be the servant. That brings me on to the next thing that we see here that he is the holy one and the just or a more literal translation is he is the holy and righteous one. He and this is the injustice of it, that Jesus was completely perfect. He, was, he did everything right. He glorified God in everything that he did. He did put him first. He never turned his back on God. And yet he was the one who paid the price for our sins. And this is the amazing thing, that he didn't just save us from our sins. And as I said earlier, if you think about the, the school analogy, that if, if you do something wrong, you go on the thinking face and if you do something right you are the superstar. Jesus didn't just come to take us off the thinking face as if suddenly we're um our sins are forgiven. That is what he did, but it's not the only thing. He came so that we can then be superstars that we can be perfect that we ourselves can be holy and righteous. And I marvel at that. It it's, it seems so hard to believe that me in all my in all my failures in all my sin in all my sickness that I can have the righteousness that Jesus had that I am declared holy that I am a royal priesthood as Peter writes I am moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and not only that but I share in the inheritance that Jesus had that is amazing this truth that he paid the price for us That he has set us free and of course what that means for us today is that we can walk in that we can walk in the fact that we are holy and righteous that we have been set apart and so where jesus came to serve he calls us also to serve the world needs to know about the savior who suffered and died for them and the question for us is are we willing to suffer and die for jesus To put aside our own dreams, our own things that we want to happen from this life, our own desires, so that we can say whatever Christ wants. That we can put aside the cares of this world for whatever God wants. Paul writes in Galatians 6. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We have been set free and the invitation of Jesus is to put the things that we want down. Put our cares on him because he cares for us. Put our burdens on him to come to him and receive the life that he has for us. And to live in the purposes that he wants us to. And that means that we are called to be servants too. Jesus has set this example As the holy and righteous one who gave up his life for us so that we can live for him. And we are called to serve. And that's what the world needs to see that we will serve Jesus because he has served us. And that's the hope that they can have, that they have been set free by the cross and by his sacrifice. And then we see in verse 15 that we and the people. Of the day of Jesus killed the Prince of Life. Or another translation might say he was the author of life. He was the originator of life. He is the creator. He is the first and the last. He is He is the one right at the center of creation. He has made everything for us. And the irony is that he allowed himself to be killed. That we in our sin killed him. And that instead of the murderer Barabbas going to the cross it was the holy and righteous one that this substitution took place which of course is a picture of the substitution that happens in us that the murderer goes free in jesus and jesus pays the price we killed the author of life and and because he's the author of life peter says that we must listen to him that we must hear him and actually there are consequences if we listen to him that we get these three blessings we see in 19 20 and 21 the first blessing is that our sins are forgiven there is remission for sins the second blessing is that we get refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord and the third blessing is that Jesus is coming to restore all things back to him that he is coming to uh, to bring this new heaven and this new earth down to To what we see, and he's going to restore it, he's going to redeem it, it's going to be perfect that we are going to live with him forever. This is the blessing, the hope that comes from knowing Jesus, and that's what happens when we listen to him. But also, there is a consequence if we don't listen to him, there is a consequence that we will be utterly destroyed. And John says this in John 15, verse 6. I've quoted this a few times this year, but it's still. So personal. From verse six, if anyone does does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. So, if we don't live for him, if we don't listen to him, then there's the consequence of of being utterly destroyed, being like wood thrown in a fire, utterly useless for anything else. And of course, that's a picture of salvation. But even for those of us who are in Jesus, if we don't allow him to be the Lord of our lives, to abide and remain in his words, to listen to him. Then it's as if we are wood that is only good for the fire. But when we do listen to him, when we do remain in him and abide in him and his words, we can ask for whatever we want and it will be given to us. Because we put Jesus first. He gives us the promise of refreshment in his presence. We can live with him. And will we choose to journey through him uh, day after day, moment by moment, life after life, year by year? Will we choose to allow him to take us by the hand? And I know that I spent so much time in my life Yes, knowing Jesus, but not fully remaining in his word, fully remaining in allowing him and his word to to kind of flow out of me. And when I do, that is a blessing to the world. It enables me to be the hands and feet for those around us. It, It enables us to be God and Jesus representatives on earth so that he might be glorified and so that the rest of the world might see and know that he is good, that he is loving, that He has paid the price for them. You see, at every moment, we have this choice to listen to Jesus. He is the author of life, and ultimately, all things belong to him. And when we listen to him, we are proclaiming his lordship over our lives. So will we listen to him and allow that refreshing in our lives and to be in his presence moment by moment and I think the world needs to know that and we need to know that more than ever in this time when we are in lockdown we can still experience his presence for there is nothing greater and then of course in uh, the end of verse 15 we see that God raised him from the dead so Jesus isn't just the author of life he is the author of new life he is the author of this life in God's and this refreshing presence and that's so the power that was available that, that raised Jesus from the dead is now available to us and we can live in it and we can live a life that that is bold as we see in Acts that is full of faith and and that is is prayerful because we know that as we pray God is going to move because we have his power at our fingertips. As Tim was talking about last week, that we are being called as a church to to move, to become stronger in faith, to become deeper in prayer, to become bolder in witness. And it's the resurrection power that God places inside of us that enables us to do those things. You know, there has to be a reason why Jesus said to his disciples, wait at the beginning of Acts, wait for you to be clothed with power. And it's because they needed that resurrection power to fill them so that they could then go and be jesus hands and feet to to the people in israel and beyond to the rest of the world it was the hope that they had that kind of was made real to them as jesus filled them with his spirit and that resurrection life was available to them i know that when i was at uni and i i i wanted to be jesus representative but I struggled to show them how good I was. And it was because some of the things we said earlier that maybe I wasn't able to, I wanting, maybe I wasn't wanting to serve him by putting to death those things in my life that weren't good. Maybe it was because I didn't allow his power to flow through me to bring life and healing and, and salvation to those around us. Maybe that's what it was. But regardless, that is available to us. And if we haven't experienced that power then the time today, there is time today to come to Jesus and ask him to fill us. And of course, this isn't just some abstract gift that that God gives us power. It's actually a relationship with the living King. It's a relationship. When Jesus says, come to me, all you who are burdened and weary, and we can experience that refreshing. It's not just that we get refreshed and then we go away. It's actually that we can come to Jesus, allow him to fill us, and that we will be refreshed and we won't need that that water that food again we might need that physically but spiritually we will be refreshed we will be replenished we are made whole that's what it means to have the resurrection power in us and of course because of his resurrection because he then ascended because he is now at the right hand of the father because he is reigning supreme over king over over the whole of the universe he fulfills the prophecy that was given to David in 2 Samuel 7 that there would always be a king on his throne and what that means for us now in lockdown in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic in the midst of all that's going on and the fact that we're not seeing exactly what we want to see it means that we can know that Jesus is in charge he has it in his hands he knows what he's doing he will not let us Uh, experience more than we can handle he will give us everything we need to move through this and ultimately that one day jesus is coming back to restore all things that there will be a new heaven and a new earth as we see in revelation 21 and 22 where there's a new jerusalem this city that is amazing and then a river flowing from god's from the throne and from the lamb and this river brings healing it brings the trees and the the fruit and the leaves for healing for all the nations this is the life that we can live and look forward to and it's a life that's available to us now that will one day be completed in that perfect picture because Jesus is king because he raised he was raised to life again and we can live with that hope and doesn't the world need to know that hope that hope that starts now and goes on for eternity That one day all this rubbish that we see around us will, there'll be an end to it. And Jesus will make things right. The victory that was won on the cross will become apparent to us all. And there will be no more sickness or suffering or death. This is the hope that we have and the hope that we can bring to the world. Let's allow that to just fill us and enable us. To show the world how great it is and finally jesus is the one who was prophesied about we see two people mentioned well more than two people but two that i want to focus on moses here you see in exodus 33 it says that moses spoke to god as a friend and isn't it amazing that jesus is king and yet we can come to him as a friend and we see elsewhere, other pictures, that Jesus, he was called a blasphemer because he called God's father. He called him dad. There is intimacy in this. And we see actually there's there's a, a relationship with Jesus that is like a friend, like a dad, like a lover. There is intimacy there, intimacy with the king. I don't know if any of you have seen the program The Crown, but there's an amazing moment when uh, Princess Diana um, or Diana, as she was before she was married, comes into a room and you have the Queen there and Prince Philip and the Queen mum and uh, Princess Margaret and, and Prince Charles. And she walks in and, and she forgets herself. She forgets the company that she's in. And, and she she's told she must curtsy to the various ones that need to be curtsied to. I, I don't know the protocols she didn't know the protocols either and it was something that she had to learn because she came into the sovereign's presence and yet when she got married she was then able to call the queen mama and of course that picture is hugely messed up by the human relationships and frailties that happen but there is a picture of what we can do with the king the king of all kings We come in respect and awe and wonder about his greatness and yet we can come and call him dad. This world needs to know God as dad. And we in our relationship with him can show the world that that though Jesus is king, he is also our dad, he is also our friend. And we can journey with him moment by moment. And this is the blessing that we see at the end of this passage. The promise that was given to Abraham, that through his seed, through his family, there would come one who would be a blessing to all nations. And so we have been called to be a blessing to all nations. Wellspring Church has been called to be a blessing to all nations. And that starts with our neighbours. It starts with the people closest to us and it goes out as we, as we get to have more relationships with other people. So how can we today be a blessing to those around us? We have received these blessings for all of us who are in Jesus. We have had the slate wiped clean. We can live in his refreshing presence. We know one day, That he will restore all things and we will be with him in glory forever and ever. So we can then pass this on to the world. And that's what Peter and John and the other apostles did. And we are the beneficiaries of that. And the Lord is calling us to be a people who keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. So that we can then be a blessing to the world. So as we come to pray, let's ask the Lord to fill us with his spirit so that we might know him better, so that we might know Jesus for who he is, so that we might know his heart for those around us, so that we might be people who bring refreshing. Even in the midst of this pandemic, even in the midst of the darkness that we see around us, that we might be the light that He has called us to. So let's just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh. Come Lord Jesus, fill us with your spirit. Reveal to us who you are. Show us what you've done and show us what that means for us right now, here in North Bushy, in our homes, and in this next season. Holy Spirit, we know that you have come so that we might see Jesus, so that we might glorify Jesus. So we welcome you now. Fill us so that we might see you afresh. Let's just be still and welcome the Holy Spirit to fill us again. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this amazing salvation. We thank you that you have wiped the slate clean, that we can come into your presence and you refresh us. Thank you that we can look forward to a day when you will return and we will see a new heaven and a new earth. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to make every moment of our lives an act of worship to you. For you are worthy of everything we have. Be glorified in all that we do. And I pray that we will never lose sight of who Jesus is and what he has done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.